minute. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. Uh, my name is Ken Stearns. I'm the host. Uh, I'm also the host and creator of the JAR podcast, which you just saw a little bit of a making of the van uh, when we were putting stickers on my van before I started off in Los Angeles. And um, as I said on that, sh on, on that little clip, really unbeknownst to me at the time, I uh, was just saying that I would find that common theme and stitch it together. Uh, across the country. And after 250 interviews, it was really clear to me that the mental health crisis in America was profound, uh, was deep, and was impacting all of my guests. And, you know, what I would assume would be many, many, many listeners. And this is, uh, so this is how I ended up uh, creating the JAR Foundation and starting this podcast is to, is to bring people on who are in various aspects, you know, kind of helping out in this mental health crisis and it's really, uh, there are so many points of contact into mental health. And, and that's kind of what I want to do on the show is to bring in, it's not just going to see a therapist, right? There's are so many more things to do. And first off, you can't find a therapist. You maybe probably can't afford a therapist. Uh, and you may not even like your therapist once you get in. You may have to change a couple of times. So there are so many other entry points into mental health if you're new to it and exploring it and want to get involved. One of the interesting things that's come out for me uh, from, this dis from this discovery has been the role of coaches and coaching in mental health. And it's such a great early entry point for people because of the mindfulness and the, the self-awareness and self-understanding of where you are in the universe that coaches bring as a general rule. They really do help you find out where you are in the universe and how, as you walk through how other people interact and where your mind stays and where your mindset and your thinking and how you have that self-talk. And ultimately, a lot of coaching does revolve around relationships, especially corporate coaching. You'll end up with a lot of relationship issues at work. Uh, I'm sure anybody listening is can think of two or three people that getting an email from them would terrorize them. Um, and, you know, another kind of little communication things we have at work, you know, but interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, family relationships, when you get intimate uh, and you get past work and you're now into a relationship that's a partner relationship or somebody you love and, you know, there's, it's a different animal altogether uh, because there's a lot of dynamics that open up now. And Andre is our next guest. And man, I'm glad I found I'm glad I found you, Andre. This is going to be a, a banger conversation. And we may go down to some dark roads for people. So if you're listening, hold on to your hats, hold on to your assumptions in life. Uh, you know, put away anything that's triggerable, put it in black tape and put it away because we're probably going to talk about some stuff that's a little spicy. Andre, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so much for being a guest and taking time out. Absolutely. My pleasure. My complete pleasure. I live for this stuff. 
Yeah, I know. I and you got such a you got such an energy. I'm 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 actually a little bit I'm a little bit jacked up over here and in, in the I'm in the I'm in Nebraska and I feel your energy. Nice. Um so how about a little background, Andre? Who who are you? How did you end up in this in this space? Oh, Tell us a little bit. I'm trying to make a short it's a long story, but I'm trying to make it short. I know I, push, I, I know because people will find you. Right. I, I think people yeah. can find the backstory and they can find out who you are. But a little yeah. bit, of, you know, give us some background, though. So long story short, and I think a lot of people, a lot of my clients, maybe you as well. Like I found myself at five years old realizing I was born in the wrong family, period. Wow. Wrong family. I'm not a black sheep. I don't belong here. Not beyond black sheep. <laughs> don't belong. These are not my people. They don't like me. I don't fit in here. Like Something went really wrong. It's crazy. Wow. But terrifying. As a five-year-old, I'm on my own. And you knew it. I, you I, knew I, I'm on my, like, I'm a, this is it. Yeah, I could tell you where I was sitting in the steps, you know, uh, going down the basement on the gold carpet. I can remember the wallpaper. I remember the, the trellis. I remember, like, it, was a, it, was a, it was a thunder moment. These people, I don't belong here. Like, I, there's a big, somebody made a mistake. I don't know how that <laughs> But, I mean, I was, I was number four out of five kids, you know, so seven people in the house, and I'm completely invisible. And that, so so that's how it started. Yes. What happened to me in that moment at five is I realized I was on my own. So I was going to have to take care of my, my myself, defend myself, figure out for myself. I'm on my own. So I became instinctively, automatically became super aware of the world around yes. me. I literally turned like my, my radar went, yes. what is yes. going on here, right? So that became my operating system since I was five. So I went to school watching people. I went in the world watching people. I was like this observant. I became with that fascinated with the human condition, trying to understand my condition. Plus, yes. how does somebody turn out to be so cool or so weird or so, yeah. or so shy or so introverted? So that's my brain since I was five. So I started personal development when I was 23 years old. Again, just to, again, curious about the human condition, but yeah. I fixed my own crap because there's a lot of crap that came from that abandonment at five, right? Why am I here? You know, what am I being, you know, why? And again, if the belief was I shouldn't be here, really, that's I, what it was. The, the no family thing is really disturbing at five. It's devastating and terrifying. But Dur Yeah, very, very disturbing. An, an interesting thing about it, though, is that as, as the many times that I consider taking my own life, thinking because there was yeah. so much pain, it was so pointless. Yes. I'm here, I don't belong here. Like, Every time that thought popped into my head, especially as a teen, there was this little tug in my chest that just going to make me cry because it was never, I've never been without it. This is a little tug in my chest that was like, nope, there's a reason why you're here. Like, there's a reason why you're here. I was invisible to it, but it just just kept me from. Right? Doing it, like doing anything stupid. Yeah. And then I, but so I, I okay, that would stop the moment. But I didn't think it was going to go much further, right? I'm thinking like it's, I, I was not going. I was not going to be for 50, 60, 70 years. I was not. You're not going to be fifty, yeah. So, but I would push through these moments, and so I don't know if I want to tell you the, oh, the rest of the stuff. But I ended up in a dance class at fifteen, um, completely by randomly, and I discovered I could dance. So I'm fifteen years old. I'm awkward. I'm weird. I don't fit anywhere. I, I'm just like the geek in the corner, right? And and invisible to everyone, especially girls. Um, and I ended up in a dance class where I remember this, like my hand, I was 15 years old, almost 16. And 
get in dance class, the girl in my arms, I'm looking to my right at the teacher and everything he did, I could just copy. It was just there. Like what, like Twilight Zone, like it's just like, I knew all this. He just was reminding me, I could copy everything. So in, in a nutshell, I went from invisible geek to star in four months. <laughs> now I'm the teacher's assistant. All the girls want to dance with me. I'm like the hit, you know, somehow I'm sweet and cute. Uh, what? And that was the beginning of a different reality. And I thought, literally, it's interesting because I was such a miserable kid. I was sad constantly. I mean, I was, you know, I was a miserable kid. I remember the <laughs> the dopamine that yes dancing put in my body. I think I smiled for the first time in that class. Like, it's just like... Like this kind of lifted my spirit. It changed my chemistry. Like it changed my brain from. It would change your chemistry. To, yeah. It changed my chemistry. Yes. So, and it's something that dancers understand, singers understand as well. Artists tend to understand is the vibration of music and body together. When the body comes together with the vibration of music, that these two powerful like vibrations come together, it elevates. It is just yeah. it elevates you. Like it just lifts. It changes chemistry and it lifts your spirit. So, guess what? That's all I wanted to do. And that's because that's that's all I wanted to do. So I ended up <laughs> becoming a ballroom dancer within four years. We performed with the school because I was young, but eventually <laughs> we performed all over the place. But eventually, at nineteen, I moved to the West Coast, uh, trying to get away from my family and what what all that. So on my and, own, yeah. And still, you still felt, even though now you had discovered who you were when you went home, was that, was this dichotomy of, I don't belong here greater now or, or somewhat it, pacified? No, it was, it was, I still don't belong here. This was just, just the same. I, just the and same. I hadn't found, I hadn't, I hadn't found myself. I just found something that kept me alive. Yes. That's all it was. <clears throat> okay. It just kept me from wanting to do the next day. Yes. I experienced a little bit of joy and like mm. <laughs> lightness and reason to be here. That, that's all it was. It just kept me alive. It literally saved my life. So um, I ended up moving to the West Coast. There was no ballroom in the West Coast. There was on the East Coast. So I ended up in a jazz class. And next thing you know, in three months, I get a scholarship. Like, it's ridiculous. You don't get a scholarship in a jazz class after three months. You don't even know what you, you can't on really stand out. On the West Coast. On the West Coast. In there, Vancouver, there's like people who, who move there for that. <laughs> so up I go. And, and so next thing you know, is I'm, I'm, I was... I always had in my mind because my father that, that's really, that you have to go to school to make something of yourself. So I'm, I'm all my brothers, my, my two brothers are lawyers, my sister is a CPA, and my little brother is a CPA, and I'm dancing. So <laughs> this is ridiculous. So in my brain, I always had this: I have to get my shit together eventually. But I, there's nothing I want to get my shit together for. All okay. I want to do is feel better. So I'm dancing, and I get a scholarship, and I get a scholarship, and a scholarship, and a scholarship, and a scholarship. And I never paid for my training, which is insane. But again, that sort of ability was a gift that I had that was just there. People could see it, even though I didn't really fully understood it, understand it. So within a little while, I'm like, it seems to be, not only does it make me happy, but it seems to be a path. Like, it seems to be taking yes. me without, without, regardless of me. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, let me give it a couple of years to really give it a shot, see if there's a possibility yeah. of a life here. Otherwise, I have to go back to school because I... I have no training, right? I'm working construction jobs in, in between just to sustain myself. But I have no, I'm the, the, bo- the guy at the bottom, you know, of the totem pole. I'm the guy cleaning up everything, right? I'm the guy with the broom picking up the bricks and the cement bags. Anyway, 
So that was not going to be no life, but I was 19. Anyway, give it a couple of years, see what happens. Well, yeah. with a couple of years, everything happened. And as the training never stopped, and I find myself, this is, I told you this long story. Um, people would come up north to, in the summer program to teach. Like, so in the dance community, there's people travel and teachers come to do summer camps, summer programs, summer in, in, in studios and schools all over. One of the, the guys who used to come up on a regular basis, because by then I'm dancing probably three or four years by then, was a regular come up, coming up to us, invites me to come to Los Angeles to do his demo reel. He does a demo for his choreography, right? Just like actors have a demo reel for wow. their acting job. Okay. So he says, come to Los Angeles, bring your girlfriend, spend a couple of weeks in LA. You're going to be dance captain for my demo. And it's a vacation, right? Come to LA. I'm like, well, yeah, well, yeah. So flight out, drive down. I actually drove to LA with my girlfriend. And um, we got there on a Thursday night. I never forget this. My life is a book. It's ridiculous. So we get to LA Thursday night. So we're in LA for two weeks. I'm going to help him out. The sun is beautiful. I want to live in LA. I want to move there, but I'm yeah. Canadian. And, you know, that's just a... Anyway, Saturday night, two days later, at the studio where we were holding rehearsals, there's a party for dancers in Los Angeles. So they think all the, pe the, the people I want to be part of, we have a party at the studio. Whoa. Right. So I'm in the party. So there's hundreds of kids, all my age. We're like 24, 25 years old. Like the people I want to be part of, so dancing in LA, hey, we're having fun. And as I'm standing there, everybody's young. And there's in the corner, this old gentleman staring at me. So I kind of, okay, whatever. And, but every time I turn, he's staring at me. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, we're in LA. Okay, got it. I'm Canadian, right? A little thick. Yeah. <laughs> like, he oh, likes okay. me. We're in LA. Got it. Okay. I'm dancing with a girl, dude, right? Anyway, so my buddy who took me, asked me to join him to help him with his reel, all of a sudden, the two of them are talking together. And they're obviously talking about me because they're looking at me. I could tell they're talking about me. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Talking now this is crazy. uncomfortable now, yeah. This is weird, right? I keep turning my back. Come on, you guys. <laughs> um, and then at one point, he weighs me over. I'm like, is he out of his damn mind? He's going to introduce me to the creep. And okay. I was too polite in those days today. I would flip him off. Then yeah. it was polite, so I kind of sauntered over, turned my head. He goes, Andre, meet Steve. I look the other way, shake his hand. Nice to meet you. So <laughs> we're in the back of the room. So my buddy grabs me by the elbow. I'll never forget this. Steve's, on my, Steve's over here. He goes to the elbow, and he throws me outside because of the back door for the parking lot. You go, okay, MF, right? I hear your mother. He goes, you know, this is Steve Merritt. He's got a national show going. He's looking for a dancer, and you what he wants. You want to say hi to Steve properly, you stupid ass. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right? So he wasn't picking me up. It was oh, like, he's not a creep. Oh, okay, shit. Not a creep. Oh, yeah. so I meet Steve anyway. So it turns out, sure enough, he says, look, I'm, I lost a dancer in the national show that we're doing four months ago. I've been auditioning all over. I can't find anybody to place this guy. You're exactly what I'm looking for. What do you say? My very own Hollywood story at a party. That. Your first, your second night in town, third night second in town. Night, yeah, yeah. Saturday. this is Saturday night, and I go, oh wow, okay, so <laughs> sure, I guess, like, and I go, I go, what's the show? Are you ready? What's the show? He goes, it's Chippendales. <laughs> and I go, what? 
I go, I'm no, I'm no what? strippers. <laughs> I'm no stripper. I mean, and dancers like actors can be very snooty. Like we get to be really snooty. Like you know, when you tell a girl, like you know, when tell a girl tells you she dances, and say people say, so where do you strip at? They lose their mind, right? Because they're commercial yeah. dancers, right? So and I'm like, so I'm like, dude, I'm no stripper. I'm a professionally commercial jazz trained, you know, <laughs> blah blah blah. He goes, well, well, that's what I need, by the way. And by the way, how much money do you make making a professional girl? Right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, vacation, <laughs> and I'm sort of right. Okay. So he goes, look, you know, you're what I'm looking for, and um, you know, we start with her soul. This is Sunday night, Saturday night. We start with soul Monday morning. I need to know if you're in. So, like, okay. Talk to my girlfriend. She goes, are you kidding? Stay, go. You know, and this opportunity, a lifetime. Me and her were not going to be long term. We knew it. We both knew it. It was a summer thing. Anyway, so I stayed. I got up on the road, and I was on the road for a year and a half. Now, I was a, I was part of the show, but I was not a stripper. There was six strippers and four real dancers. They, they, but the dancers had to look like strippers if you wanted, like, in super, yeah, yeah. super right. good shape. So the- I, that's the part he's talking about. So not only can I dance my ass off, but I look like I belong on stage with these guys. That's Perfect. what he's – that was the hook. Anyway, so – Yeah, you, were the, you that, were the appetizer. And we were – because we were – actually trained we're the energy on stage we like yeah. set up the energy like yeah. you know the guys can only stand there and look good right like we were dancing the energy every 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 number had a stage production in front of it and the um, costume were it was a great show it was an incredible show it was an incredible show i it was insane it was so much fun but eventually this life on the road and yeah. as a dancer if you don't keep training you lose your edge and so a year and a half into it and the madness of life on the road and drugs sex rock and roll women like like you can't believe so it became dangerous i realized it was danger in that if i was going to have a normal life and i'm very traditional you know this was never gonna that's this, not gonna be this, it. This, this was dangerous and i saw the other guys kind of they were twisted after a while they were completely twisted yeah i'm thinking of kevin he was there he was five years in the in in, in the show and he was the, this guy was never gonna be normal ever again like he could not with relationships with women and all the stuff that we saw and did i just just say so yeah. i didn't want to be like kevin i gotta get out of here gotta get back to my life so i went back to la i got settled i had money they, they i got paid very well and so now i have i'm gonna settle in la and i settled in la got an agent and so long story short again like within uh, settling and and auditioning television movies music videos are very popular back then right uh tv commercial like joined the business as a commercial dancer made my way to dancing with michael jackson i danced with prince and danced with paul abdul for two years i danced with Louis glazius and an array of people i traveled the world i taught because when you in the business not only do you perform when you teach you teach yeah you teach you teach you <clears> teach. <throat> i was teaching i went teaching in japan i was teaching in thailand i was in thailand i produced a uh, uh the 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 concert for their top female pop star at the time. So like our equivalent to Janet Jackson, I went to Thailand for four months and created a show around them, choreographed it. So that was my life. Fantastic. So dancing for a living from yeah. Quebec City <laughs> in a little ballroom class, Mr. Nobody just kind of lives a dream, but because that's hanging all out I wanted with, to do. That's hanging out I with Paulo Abdul. Straight up. That's all, that's all, you know, so I made a life out of it, but because that's all I wanted to do. But the good news in this, that my mental development this is the part I think you'd be interested in is, is because of the dopamine, the, 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 the um, endorphins of the physicality of the dancing and the sweating and the feeling good and better, it actually changed my brain. 
my brain that was used to being depressed and you know when when this is where they do people when they put people on antidepressants is because they change the chemistry of their brain they add um uh, serotonin there's a natural um, settler of the brain people mm. who have deficiency in serotonin sometimes it's natural sometimes it's depression said per lifestyle as i you become stuck in that mode so you can't oh. so antidepressant gets you out of that depression and then if life is more positive you can create more natural chemistry naturally per change. lifestyle okay. changes your brain and you get off the, the mm. artificial serotonin Hmm. That's what happened to me. It it healed my heart. It healed my brain. It changed my mood. It brought me back to life. It made me want to live. So halfway through this career, you know, before the big the big jobs was, I realized I could be, I could I I, I get to stick around. I actually have something to bring. I feel good about it, and maybe I could have a life. Maybe I could be happy. Maybe I maybe, could be relevant. maybe still. Maybe I'm here for a reason. That inner voice. Yeah. And that little pull, right? Now, that little, when, that little pull was always there. So I thought when I started dancing and we got to Michael and the big, I thought, I'm going to be a star, I guess. Right? Like, this is where it's going. Yeah. But that wasn't it. That was not it. So even though that was satisfying, there was 15 years on the road and performing and stuff. I was making a living. I was doing great. But that was just career stuff. And I mean, I mean, just because this, the way I made a living, and I'm going to tell you, it sounds very glamorous to travel the world. It's not. It gets old. Amen, it gets old. My, amen it just my gets friend. Really old. You know, you're traveling a lot right now, right? And this was when traveling was still rather easier. Anyway, yeah, look, so luxurious. It, it came a point where I was <laughs> just knowing I was traveling the next day. I was actually, it would ruin my day the day before. Like, yeah, it's that kind of, you know. So I'm done with that. So... I decided to get ground. So we just, my wife and I were married um, a few years before we decided to start a family. So that all catalyzed, that the, the catalyst was like, okay, let's start a family. Let's, have, let's start having babies, which means life has to change. And I was not going to be the absent dad. I was going to be the present dad. So yes. what that means is I can't be in Europe. I can't be traveling when mm -hmm. my kids are born or like being raised. So I'm going to be here. So I, Call my agent and I said, I'm not leaving town anymore. So if you're going to give me some work, give me some work in Los Angeles. I'm not leaving anymore. I'm going to be here raising my kid. And she's like, are you insane? You know, you're not going to make a living. I go, just, this is your job, right? Yeah. You do your thing. So in the meantime, not thinking I was going to quit the business, just thinking I was going to do my way. I'm not traveling to Japan anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to Thailand. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting an 18 hour plane again. I'm not doing that. Anymore. I'm not doing that. I'm not flying to Chicago. No. <laughs> anyway, so she's so what I did is open a business in Los Angeles to stay grounded. So now I didn't mention this, but I'm a car guy. I'm a car guy. My family, one of the things that my brothers and I had in common, or they pass on to me, is that we all love cars, old cars, classic oh, cars. Cool. What better place in Los Angeles, right? It's, it's cars exist here that didn't exist back east decades ago. So I opened a car business. It would it would take oh. care of my it would take care of my addiction to old cars. I would restore cars because I had the facility, but it became really an auto body shop production auto body shop. Yeah. Like it just took off. It took off so fast, so crazy. It was ridiculous. Like I I literally went from dancing to owning a shop and flying around the world to being in an office six miles six minutes from my house. You know, uh, and people coming to me as opposed to me going to the world. Like it was just, but it was amazing, right? Completely flipped. 
<clears throat> I told you it's a long story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a long story. So from there, you know, one kid, two kids, but I'm also still, still doing personal development. I still have that tug in my heart. I'm still, but, but I'm happy and I have a wife and I'm very traditional and I have my kids that I'm, you don't understand. I, I set it up that my business was six minutes from my house and the school, the kids' school was two blocks away. So me and my wife, both of us, with every meet, every parade, every recital, every one of them, 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm there with my wife. Like that was my value, you know, as I was making a living my way. So this is fantastic. 2006, I did the shop for years. 2006, the kids are little still. I'm still doing personal development. I end up in San Jose, California, Northern California, on a business workshop because I want to take the ceiling off my business. I'd taken it as far as I could with my knowledge. So go to a workshop, right? Business workshop. Anyways, that's my brain. Always learning. Okay. Always learning. learning. That's my Curious and learning. Curious and learning. What is it I don't know? Just go get it. So that workshop was three days in San Jose. On the flight back, I'm sitting with a couple that I'd met in the workshop. The lady says to me, I thought it was random. We were sitting together, right? Three, three seats. Here's my life again. Here's my life again. <laughs> She's like, what do you do next weekend? I go, I'm free next weekend. I'm off. She goes, do you want to come to a workshop? It's on me. <laughs> I just come from a workshop. But those workshops can be super expensive, right? Yeah. So my curious workshop brain goes, of course. You know, where is it? It's going to be LAX, one of the big hotels. Beautiful. I go, but by the way, I agree before I even knew where the workshop was. <laughs> Because that's you're gonna. I'm gonna learn something, right? Especially for free. Well, and, and also the when the universe, you know, like like you said, three of us sitting randomly sitting yeah. together, and then you know that like, yeah, uh, I'm in. Yeah. Right, but at the time, I still thought the universe was random. Yes. Okay. I, at the time, I still thought things were random. Mm. Interesting enough, even after all of that. Right? Uh, after anyway. all that, well, after all that, we're slow, Andre. Yeah, we're, we're humans. You know, I think I'm smart. Maybe not so. Anyway, so. And then I say to her, after I agree, I'm like, oh, well, what's the workshop? <laughs> right? It makes sense. And she goes, it's called Understanding Women. Okay. And, and you're like, <laughs> Okay. Now, again, without arrogance, you know, if you look at me and the, faith, the way that I fit, like, I've never had problems uh, with women. I was a Chippendales pre- uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So, so. <laughs> And, and that was that was as soon as I started dancing, even as a as a teen, there, there was that kind of ease with that. Somehow. Okay, okay. Like there was an ease with that. So I never did the stuff my friends did with wives and girlfriends, like screaming and yelling, and like I never did any of that. I always attracted very sweet women. You meet my wife, in a second you fall in love with her. That's always what I attracted. Hmm. Like. So I thought it was me. I thought I knew something. So you take me. I'm gonna spend my weekend in a workshop called Understanding Women, like, really? Yeah. My, my second thought was, like, I just ruined my weekend. Like, I'm just going to Yeah, I should have said, dang it, I should have, I should. But I went, of course, because I said I would. And when I got there, thinking it's going to be cute, it was 400 people in the space. I'm like, and I could feel the energy. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, there's something going on here. Like, this is not going to be cute. I have no idea what I'm getting into, but there's something here. At the end of the workshop, my brain, all of this all over the freaking walls. Like I just like I whew, it still it still disturbs me to think about that moment because I realized I knew nothing definitely zero nothing about women. But what was more dangerous for me is I knew nothing about my wife. I mean we're married, we have kids. I have you know a, a toddler a toddler and a young, you know, a five year old. 
and I know nothing about my wife. It was clear I knew nothing about my wife. And now my brothers and sisters all married and divorced a few times. I'm not going to mess this up because I didn't know, right? My brain is like, are you crazy? Like, it's, it's what you don't know that's dangerous. And I realized I knew nothing about my wife. Whoa. So what am I doing to her <clears throat> that hurts her feelings, makes her upset, yeah. assumes that I'm this. They take everything personally. I didn't really realize that to that degree then. Anyway, so I came home. She said I was a sheet as a piece of white as, as white as a sheet of paper. I was, I was actually upset. I was actually freaked out of what I discovered that I knew did, that you didn't of, know yeah which yeah. is again if I want to lose my wife maybe because I'm fucking her up because I don't know right like that's it, to me that was insane so of course my brain so I jumped into the company took all their workshops curriculum I became an assistant with all the workshops to revisit <laughs> revisit the work for free as an assistant every weekend I'm in the damn workshop assisting within a moment of course I'm a teacher I'm a, I become a workshop leader for that company and that's how this all started <laughs> There's a story. That was 2006. <laughs> and that was 2006. Yeah, 2009. Prashi Equinox was born. I ended up studying with other masters in that okay. company: uh, John Gray, Shanti Felhan, Esther Perel in New York City, like, uh, and Dr. Pat Allen here in Los Angeles. Like, privately taught, like me and four other people for three and a half years. All the material, whole dynamic with masculine and feminine, uh, marriage, child, and. Um, Marriage with the MFA was like marriage trial. Um, uh, what's that license? <laughs> marriage child therapist is the, is the third letter. Marriage child relationship uh, therapist. Okay. 48 years she's in business, transferred everything into me. So, along with my own research, so I, I study and research with five masters in the business. I'm standing on the shoulders of five masters yeah. in the world of relationship, all different angles anthropology, psychology, chemistry. Um, um, science and nature, and they all come together from the back. So the cocktail, and, and, that and, and have, yeah, and specific, yeah, specifically how men and women are different. Are... <laughs> that's is. cut. That's cut. That's controversial. You can't say that. Okay. Well, factual. <laughs> that's called nature. And then we try to go against nature in our culture, and there's a price to pay. Look what's going on out there. That's not it's... working. It's not. Working. It's a, it's a little crazy out there right now. Insane. Would you On my be... side, in my world, it's insanity what I see. Would you want to date right now? Well, I know how, so yes, I would be. I would you be would be to, okay. I would be able to find the, the the my match per understanding energy because it's what I teach. It's not gender as much as energy, and there's a yin yang to nature. There's a yin yang to relationships, mm. and going to try to neutralize that is where people are struggling. It doesn't work when you neutralize. Masculine and feminine, yin yang, positive, like two magnets. They have the more polarized they are, the more they snap together. The more they're the same, the more they push on each push, other. Push against nature, <clears throat> nature. So I wouldn't know how to find a feminine woman. I would probably be. It would probably take a while because they don't exist much anymore because of our culture and how we raise them and how we raise mm. men. But if with this knowledge, dating, it would be challenging. But I, they still exist because one thing you don't know is <laughs> part of my work besides coaching clients is I officiate their wedding sometimes. I officiate, so I'm a minister. So then I just came back from Texas two weekends ago. I did a couple that my clients in Texas, six weeks before that I was in Vegas did the same thing. So that's like, this is my life. You understand? So it's beautiful. I'm the most privileged, that pull, that tug, that's the God calling. This is what I'm here for. I, are you in the? Are you in your? Are you in your place now? 
this is it. This is what my entire life got me to. This is the place. Now, the big goal, the big God calling, this, that's mm. what it was the whole time. Is This is, yeah. It's not just my business and helping couples as I do and, you know, men and women, but it, it, the calling is to really make that a movement and help recalibrate the culture, our culture, into yes. back into what works naturally better. So there's a modern way to do relationships. Yes. The way the way it is projected out there right now is crap. It destroys everything. It makes everything confusing, complicated, and actually mm. hurtful. And what happens is, this is the big mission. You with me? Is when families fall apart from false belief and yes. you know destroying what works better naturally, masculine and feminine, yin yang, black white. Again, it's not a gender thing. It's an energy thing. Because it works the same for a straight couple, a straight couple, a gay couple, a lesbian couple. So it's not, I'm not talking about, you know, stereotypes, classic, this, this energy. My point is when people can't build healthy long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and that means the, the kids are raised without one of the parents who we know destroys the kids' possibility to build healthy relationships. So when we yes. can't build, we can't raise kids to be, um, secure and their attachments in relationships these kids aren't aren't able to create healthy bond in adulthood can't get married you know and it basically destroys family systems fall apart is what i'm saying yes yeah so and this is how you destroy a culture that's what's happening out there so my god mission is to recalibrate and help our culture again this this needs to be oprah big mm. that's the calling to recalibrate our culture and go back not to the 50s. People always accuse me of that. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's a classic or more classic way with a modern twist to do this. Right? Family system or classic, there's there's tradition in that, right? So a more traditional way to yeah, do that, modern that, relationships. Like That's that, what I'm teaching. You know, that balance, that, that yin yang, yang, right? That yin right? yang, that, that, that masculine feminine, that polarity is essential. And we, I think I agree with you. There is a lot of confusion around that. You wouldn't um, believe what I hear every day. Like you would not believe the insane stories that I hear. And there's a confusion and the hurt, right? Women are hurt and men are so confused. They're stepping back. So nobody can figure it out. Men are lonely from stepping out because they don't know, they don't know how to be or who to be. And they don't want to be yes. toxic. And women like, where are the men? Where are the men? Where are the men? Well, you shame them out of being masculine. You call them names. You tell their cheaters, their lives are toxic. But you yes. wonder why they step back. And then, and then you find yourself abandoned, feeling alone as a woman. You want connection, companionship, and and relationships, but you everything we teach you is to push back against men. So mm. you're pushing against 50% of the population. Exactly what you want, you push back against. And, you're pushing against, yeah. So yeah. you wonder why it's not working. And so like <clears> women <throat> end up you know, feeling there's something wrong with them because they can't attain sustained relationships. Everyone's confused. It has to stop. It's not their fault. It's really like the pace of what's, I call it a tidal wave of false it, belief in our culture. Yeah, it's a tidal wave. And it's also this, I think it's the speed, you know, the speed of change, Andre, too, right? Because people can't, you know, we can't adapt this fast. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I see this all the time, like 60, 70 years of feminism will not change our DNA that's, you know, millions of years old. So the idea of flipping the script, oh, yeah. it's not, it literally, it, it, it's, countered nature to this to this day so we could go against mm. nature you could go against nature all day long it's like you could have a feminine feminine man living in the feminine but these women women don't want guys like this and masculine women who produce fantastic for them for money but 
in, in relationship, men don't want that, right? So, like, it's actually like, true. So, at the end of the I, day, I know. So, at the end, it's, at the it's, end of the day, it's, and it's not, it's, and it's, yeah, it's not about yeah. this disempowered women, it's be able to do both. You can be powerful at work, we, and then you know how to be, you know, a, a wife and a, a girlfriend, and to be back in your feminine hmm. with the masculine men who requires that because men, masculine men, will cry women to be feminine, and if you're not, they'll find they'll keep looking. Yes, so they will if, keep looking. And if you're a masculine woman, you'll attract feminine men. You think that's men. And these are the guys who cheat, lie. You know, these are the guys who are toxic. The feminine men are the ones who don't know who they are. They're unstable emotionally, financially, in every way. They're looking for women to comfort them, feminine. And they don't produce. They don't work. They don't want to work. They don't want to take responsibilities for either the woman, huh. her children. They don't want kids. They, don't want, they just want to play, have fun, and just be boys and have women kiss their ass. Those are the guys who are toxic and dangerous, but but women who are masculine, which are everywhere in our culture, actually believe that's men because that's all they attract. Again, nature, polarity, it's just you attract the opposite. So if you're masculine, you attract boys, I call them, and you think that's men. Bullshit. You you're over-calibrated. You over-calibrate it. So this is you part of my work. How do you how do you, re how do you recalibrate more in line with your essence, your body, if you're a woman? How do you recalibrate more in your essence, your body as a male, back mm. to a little more traditional, a little more with a modern twist? I'm not going back to the 50s. People always, I hate that, right? There's I, a way to do this where it's congruent with nature. With, and congruent with nature. It works. It flows. Mm. It goes on and on. It's satisfying for both. And they both feel cherished and respected in that. And it goes on and on. Even if it works with gay couple. Straight couples, lesbian couple. It's how, as a couple, as a partnership, you learn to dance together. You need a yin yeah. and a yang. You need a Ginger Roger and a Fred Astaire. You can have two Fred Astaire's, two Ginger Rogers, right? Like this, again, just nature. Look at behind me. Look behind me. Yeah. This is my, this is my wife and I. Ballroom dancing. Right? This is, there's no equality here. This complementary is working together. This partnership, this learning how to communicate without words, right? Like this, there's a whole machine and, and this is this, the metaphors for dancing, which is my entire life. And, and what I'm teaching now, you know, relationship is, or, is, dan is dancing. So, so exactly. Is you're dancing together. Yes, so you're dancing together. But so in that there's two parts, there's two pieces. They're not the same, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's leading, supporting the lead, you know, and, and in our culture, we, we teach women that being feminine or being more passive or being a supporter is lame has no power in that right it's it's not the go-to so we, you have, to we have demon up. it's weird you have demonized femininity right and then we actually have demonized masculinity, masculinity. for men but it's okay for women and we have you know demonized femininity for men but it's for, for women but it's okay for men now right like we just flip this it's, it's, <laughs> it's complete fucking madness i'm person Anyway, my point is, it's not it's bananas, right? When I when I dance, when I dance with my wife, if you look behind me, you think she's passive? I think she's in as much control as you are. She's very much active, right? Very and much in control. Very much in control. She actually, it's not easy, by the way, right? It's not passive. She's doing everything I'm doing backwards and high heels in a dress. It's not <laughs> passive. She's very active, but she's also responding to me. Yes, she is able to be vulnerable to let me lead her on an adventure on the dance floor. So she has to be vulnerable to my leadership. Now we learn, and I have to learn again. Same in relationships, I have to learn to lead with sensitivities. 
Because yes. I could I could hurt her, both in relationship and on the dance floor. I could hurt her. I could overlead her. I could crank her shoulder. I yes. could hurt her. So there's a there's a like adjusting to what she requires, what she needs her comfort zone as I take the leadership. Yeah, you're masculine sensitive. Sensitive, right? She masculine wants to be, and sensitive. Yes, she wants to be masculine without hurting her, without yeah. going over the top. Right? That's the that's the that's the ultimate goal in dancing in relationships. You want him to lead. Women still want men to lead. They just you know. Don't, don't overleave me. Don't over control me. Mm. Don't run me over. Right. So that's the part that we need women to communicate. Like we need you ladies to kind of help us kind of get a little more sensitive because testosterone will do this, right? We'll go too big, too loud, too controlling, run you over. My wife is constantly bringing me down. Oh, okay, please. Can you, Ooh, I know, I know you're, you're amazing, but bring it down. You're scaring the children, bring it down. You're like, you're running me over, bring it down. You're not listening. Right. Like I need her to do this because testosterone makes us explosive i, I absolutely it? love so it. I again love it. again the relationship here like so so she has i have to make her feel safe that i have her that i'm not going to drive her into a wall or a table or another couple i'm in charge i'm leading so she has to be vulnerable in my leadership but i need to follow yeah sensitivity yeah. Yeah. Leading, i guess she's i'm leading with sensitivity i'm not going to hurt her so she has to allow me to take the lead she supports the leadership right and in that vulnerability, she gets to relax, right? The most beautiful thing about this is when my wife relaxes, she radiates femininity and shine and warmth. And nobody's looking at me. They're all looking at her because she's the feminine glow that comes out of her it's, from being right. open and vulnerable and letting me. Yeah. And in that, I could take her on an adventure on the floor. She has no idea where we're going, but I got it. I got it. I got it. She trusts me. And like I said, I'm sensitive to not over cranking her. And I, to this day, we've been together for 30 years. I, to this day, I take her on the dance floor and I still make her squeal. Oh. What I mean by that is I, I make, I surprise her still. Like yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She has like, to be open and vulnerable. And whoopee, whoopee, you know, and that's the polarity. That's what I'm talking about. Same what, thing this, in relationships. To give us a, some sample of a, of a conversation you have with a couple, um, you know, because I could, I could, I, I don't want to name names, but I could, <laughs> I could, I could, I could name, yeah. I could say, Here's an observation. Wife's coming home. Husband's retired, chilling. Wife comes home. She's a triple A personality, baller at work, runs the show. Everybody looks to her. She's the boss. Yep. 30, 40 people. Mm -hmm. Comes in the door. I mean, how does she come out of her Catwoman suit and put on her June, you know, her June <laughs> ward? June Cleaver, uh, yeah. you know, apron. And how does the guy who's been sitting around, you know, all of a sudden, you know, looks outside and sees this tiger coming in the door with, you know, still's got, you know, a tiger eye. Yep. How, how do they manage that? It's a look behind me, the dance couple, right? It takes yeah. practice and you have to know what it looks like. It is the stuff they teach. So I want to give you an example. There's practices and things to do to recalibrate because we're both okay. masculine and feminine. Yes. We both have both inside of us. Right, but a man should stick in his masculine more so to be productive, to be respectable, to be masculine, yeah, to, to be a killer, right? to be a yeah. Right, so it's required <laughs> by society to this day, right? So men's roles has never changed. Women's roles have changed radically. Men's roles have not changed. We mm -hmm. still expect us to be traditional. Make some money, take care of us. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell yeah. up. Right. Yes. Women have all the choices, and we're part of the problem that I see in, in my business is that women still want men to be traditional, but women refuse on many levels to be traditional. And this, this is why is men, a, this this is why men don't I'm, want to marry. Yeah, yeah this couple I'm talking about, this is the 
the dynamic? It's, yes. Yeah. So if men, men who are traditional want family, wives, and kids are traditional. So they want, they're looking for traditional women. We raise women not to be traditional anymore. So women resist being wives and <laughs> wives and, 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 and mothers yeah. because they're better than that. But traditional men, so nobody's getting married. You see, this is what's happening. So men are like, where are the women? And women are like, where are the men? Well, we fucked the whole thing up. Anyway, so we're talking about how do you negotiate that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, so yeah. again, this rituals, right? So if a woman's at work all day long, 40 hours and a badass, a boss babe, she's masculine. Yes. The problem she with that is it's because she has no testosterone to supply that energy production, women get burned out and exhausted six times faster than we do. They don't have the chemistry for that. They don't have the testosterone that we do. They'll do it, but it kills them. I, and I actually can call see this, it. It's killing Absolutely. It's killing, it's killing them. them. Now, we call this now that we're very aware of this ridiculous like manning up of women. We call that past the age of 40 cancer training because they get so depleted, so burnt out because they're running on adrenaline because they don't have the testosterone to push so hard. It could beat so hard like men. And we demand that of them now if you're normal, right? That's like go girl, have it all, physically not able to sustain that. So by the age of 40, women start falling apart. All kinds of cancers, the body, because they're, they're adrenalized all day long. That's yes. the only way to get the energy. So being adrenalized, we now know that after 20 years of adre adrenal squirt in your blood, every time you have to compete yes. and produce something, yeah. women are constantly adrenalized. We now know that adrenaline in your bloodstream after 20 years or so, burns out all your organs and opens you up to all kinds of, of diseases. Of course this is it does, right? You're not, it's not this is natural. It's not natural. Half of my, half of my clients over the age of 45 are in some kind of disease control management something and or on antidepressants. It's not working, people. It is not I, working. I think, Andre, that stat right there is enough to tell you something's fucked up. This is what I'm talking about now. Again, in the name of liberation and freedom, right? Like this is what we created. We're going too far opposite against nature, and it's not working. It's making, it's destroying women and destroying relationships, and it's making men step back. It's yeah, not it's making it's working. making men step back, step back and play. And then everybody's complaining. Where are the women? Where are the men? Well, we congratulations. We fucked it up. We decided yeah. that something that's unnatural is better. And tradition is stupid and, you know, uh, stereotypes are passe and ridiculous. No, stereotypes exist because they exist. Men are not like women, ever going to be, not even a little bit. It's not Mars and Venus. It's two different galaxies. We're so <laughs> fucking different. It's an understanding that that's a problem. And that's what I teach as well, right? Like, I love that. Mars and Venus, like, it's not even it's the not same far galaxy. Enough. It's not far enough. Yeah, <laughs> not far but I will tell you this. So get back. So if we're going to get back to then how do you manage this? Yes. Right? How do you manage this energy and how do you manage to come together and sort of come together and keep polarized? So we talked about a woman at work with 30 employees comes home exhausted and burnt out more than the man because the chemistry is not sustainable that way. They do it in their 20s and 30s, but by the time they get 35 plus, they're fried and they don't want to work anymore. And they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I want to lay down. I want to lean in. I want to lay down. <laughs> There's so much like, right? So... Because physically they can't sustain it. My uh, own yeah. sister, my own sister, who lived that life is in the financial world, which is the most competitive, cutthroat, kill you kind of business, as now living on lung transplant, two lung transplant. Her body shut down, like she should be dead, and now she has two lungs. Lifestyle, 
and she, you know, she never smoked. She was very active. She's thin. And she'll tell you this, my life, my lifestyle killed me, but I was trying but to she prove was, something. Like, like your dad said, she was, she was somebody. Right. It was, she was proving something to my dad, actually. So it was a big, it's a big, right. She was going to prove to my dad that women are more valuable than men. And that killed her. She's not dead, but she's now. It's she's no, dead. She's dead on like, the inside in a way. Well, like she can't live the way she used to live. She can't produce. She's, She's living on the mountain. So my point is, so I, I have that old story. This happens yeah, this this all real... the fucking time. This is what's happening. Women are now dying. It's sicker than ever because of the lifestyle that we say, go girl, it's better for you. And don't need no man. Okay. There's a price to pay for that. That's what I'm saying. Like, so far against nature, it's a price to pay. So again, if I can answer this question for you, I'm sorry, we're going long, but when a woman is in a masculine, she experiences everything that masculine men experience. So by the time they get home, they need to relax, they need to chill, they need to breathe, they need to, right? Yes. And they're more exhausted than the masculine body male, right? So, but when, when they get home, now there's dishes and dirt and dust and, you know, they're, they're nesters and they're aware that everything that's not perfect and she can't keep the house well because she's not there all day yeah. long. So there's a double stress and a double job there. So... These women have two full-time jobs. It doesn't work. These are not radiant, happy, lovely, warm, feminine women. They're she, not. She's not. Look out there. They're everywhere, right? Again, but we 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 sold that lemon to them that that's the lifestyle you should have. And liberation it looks like this. Really? That's liberation? And, okay. And it's right? interesting. The more you, the more that, I think it's, it's a kind of a strange, because I've seen this, not just this person, but outside in corporate world. The more they double down, you know, that power, man, I'm the boss. Like, I get it. Like, people don't want to let that go. And I think as women get older and they're kind of, the, the, that trap is there, right? Because the, the harder you try, the more you go up and the more we're, you know. But these women, all my clients, they have no relationships. They can't sustain a relationship. They can't get a date. And they're like, these are not old women, right? They go like, it starts at about 35. When they realize, you know, I want to slow down. I'd like some companionship now. I've done it. I've proved myself. I can yeah. make money. I'm, you I've know, proven I I'm as own, good as I'm as good I, as the boys. Right, and I have my own house, my own car, my own. <laughs> I'm I'm no maintenance. <laughs> that, that that's understanding nothing about men, by the way. Like women, they make women believe what women believe in our culture now. The men value is absolutely nothing. that men value. It's another <laughs> part of the problem, right? Badass, boss babes, your money, your career. No man cares about that. I don't care no about man, it. No man cares about that. And that sounds harsh, but it's interesting because that's what you do, but it's not. I'm not with you because of your job or your money. And women think, don't know, I'm valuable. I do. I make this. Ridiculous. Anyway, so another lemon. I'm saying another lemon. And it's a price to pay for that, right? So all my clients, my women by 35 plus realize they want companionship they can't get a date if they get a date they don't get a second date they get a second date they don't get the marriage they eventually walks away there the guy what's wrong with me what's wrong with me what's wrong mm. with me what's wrong with me and i go there's nothing wrong with you you over calibrate you're masculine and when you're in your masculine as a woman normally are not warm radiant lovely fun to be with you're actually i'm gonna say it i'm gonna curse you're fucking irritating to the masculine yeah when yeah, you yeah. throw your balls in my face i mm -hmm. don't think that I want to be around that very much, right? So women in their masculine are happy to throw their balls in everybody's face and don't understand when men walk away. Men don't even walk away. Men don't even say hi. You don't even see men. The well, boys feel... the yeah. boys will be attracted to you because hey girl, you take care you go girl. Uh... Make some money, take me, you know what I mean? You get that promotion, what he's sitting on the couch smoking a joint spoon the dog. Boys. 
right? And women, and women Smoking a that's... joint and spoon in the dog. Fuck yeah. I'm telling you, it's always the same. And those are guys who cheat, lie, steal your money. You know. And you've seen, oh my God, and this is the always stuff you've the seen. same story. And those guys also have a girlfriend on the side because when you're the man and he's a girl, right? You're his mother, he's your son. Within a few months, the sex goes out the window because if you're half normal, nobody wants to fuck their mom. Yes. So, and nobody wants to fuck their son. So the sex goes away and you become his mom. And so they always have, like, whether it's two, like, whether it's a year or five years later, the woman who supported him because she's trying to get it together, but he's suffering and she's trying to help him, mothering, finds out that the whole time he has an affair, a girlfriend on the side. That's because he's a boy, right? He's a man still. He needs to get laid and he's not getting. Okay, now I'm going so to cool. Andre, I'm all I... over the place. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're, it's because this, this is such a, this is such a crazy moment in this, in your universe. Um, I've got to run because I've got to show it yes, too. Sir. Yes, sir. I have a, a face-to-face show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to keep the conversation going like we said we would. <laughs> Damn it. Fair enough. Fair. I, told I hate, you, it. I hate it when you're so right. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be right. I, <laughs> don't, be so, don't be so masculinely correct. Damn it. Um, what do you want to do? I'll come back to you. Let me have a day to, to have some thoughts because uh, I want to yes, come back yes, and then yes, and yes. I want to tack like a specific. And I really want to answer that question. Like, uh, yeah. And I want to so, come back and answer that question. Yeah. Because that's in itself takes a moment because it, there's a couple layers, but it's, I think it's totally and, worth it. And we could leave it at that. And I'll have a few. I'll have a few of those questions. I think what we can do is come back with a couple of actual real topics to yes. dive into <laughs> and some good examples. I'd love to. Because right now, I think we pissed some people off because they still didn't quite get what I'm saying, even though it resonates, I think. I, I, don't I think really, it's okay. I think I you're think okay. A, well, if you got it, then it's probably right. Yeah. I very much got it, and I immediately went to several examples of people I know. Yep. It's and, it, and it resonated really, especially what you're talking about, this man, and the, the depletion, the fact that you're squeezing that juice every day to get that level of execution, because you're right. I mean, testosterone's a fucking good drug. It's it's some power shit, right? But it's also it's a it's, great it's, shit. It's a great shit, but it's hard to manage if you're a woman. So this, you, you can't, part of the yeah, work that I do, no, part of what I do is to help women managing men's testosterone, as in like how do you bring him out so he doesn't run you over? Because testosterone will have women really be uncomfortable with men, right? Testosterone is it makes women uncomfortable because it's so big. So how do you dance with that? That's what I teach. There's a whole, yeah. a, you know, yin-yang in that. That's fantastic. I had a moment this morning, man. I don't know what happened. I crossed some state line or a, I don't know what it was, but I had I had a, a, about 10 milligrams of testosterone released into my blood. And I was screaming in the van. I was driving down the van and I'm just going, ah, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was like, I had this just explosion of of energy and giantness, mm. and there's no way anybody could understand that except another yeah. guy. But if it was a girl in the car, you wife. Oh, she would have been terrified. She would have been terrified. Scared the shit. So often I would have scared her of, to shit. Yeah, we we scare women because that thing is huge and it's like it's jet fuel, and it's, it, takes, <laughs> it takes us takes us over at times, especially where whatever it needs to. I I don't know right? what it was. It just I had. My point is, it's not to be afraid of. You see, the, there's a lot of value. This is how we get to provide to protect them. This is the juice yeah. that we need to be warriors and fighters yes. and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. We're built for that. They're not. So yeah. we ask them to tra- act like women or act like men. Don't realize we're killing them and. and- Besides that, they're unhappy, they're miserable, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed. And they were all miserable. And we're all miserable because without women, what the hell do we do? 
here. God, what do we do God. here? No, man, we need we need women, and we I need know. women, women. I know that's my work. So we got some is... comments. Hi, we Ken. I liking. Somebody said they're liking this conversation. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Bring it. All right. It's a good. It's a spicy one. Well, Andre, awesome to chat with you, man. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't. You know, if I would, I'm wishing the show was two hours. Well, like I said, we could spice it. We could do more. I mean, there's, and we can do more. There's 600 layers in what I talk about. And there are 600. And, and so give me some time. Give me a couple. Of, it's a weekend. I'll take a day or two Absolutely. and I'll come Absolutely. back to you probably Sunday. No, um, it's fine. Reframe it because I think you you get what I'm up to. And yes. I think I, and I think you want the value for your listeners. And I appreciate that. And and I want to say thank you because you're helping me spread this out there. The God I'm, mission is to wake the, the wake the people up to what's not working and shift the belief system that yes. going against nature is the best thing we've ever thought of. It's not. It's costing so everybody their, their happiness and destroying families and kids. Sorry. So not powerful. Working. So not powerful. Working. Yeah, I, I agree think. 100%. Ooh. Andre, oh. great first chat. <laughs> appreciate you. Oh, man, I really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. This was a great one. Uh, Andre will be back. Keep an eye out for that. And we'll probably post the topics a little bit. I'll probably do a little bit more of a, you know, I'll probably try to, Andre, actually even do some promotion because uh, it's so spicy that it would attract somebody. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Andre, I'll see you in 30 seconds. You got it. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.